And now we're waiting. Welcome to Funny Parents, everybody. I'm Mary Teresa Archbold. And I'm Pat Shea. And we are back. It is June 24th as we record this 2021. My goodness. And here in New York City, our kids are still in school. Yes. One day more. Tomorrow is the last day of school. Yes. Here in New York City. So we are in the midst of, we had a fourth grade share this morning, a one o'clock share uh, parade. A one o'clock second grade parade. Uh, and then there will be a fourth grade picnic tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so um, we're in the, they're going to school, but they're not really going to yes, school phase. Yes. The number of movies our second grader has come <laughs> home and told us he has watched yeah. uh, is uh, phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. For a, maybe a future film student. But then they're done with school. They are not going to school this summer, even though right. New York City provided school. Yes. For the summer. Yes, to combat learning loss. And and uh, they they named the summer program here Summer Rising, which every time I hear it, I think that it's the name of like a 90s coming of age movie with Amber Tamblyn. Um <laughs> Like really specifically, and then and then there'd be a sequel, like a like a uh, traveling pants type movie, you know. Mm. Anyway, oh, we want to thank you, Liz, for Woo! our recent review on iTunes. Uh, and you said, please, you need to make more episodes. Uh, don't make me wait a full month for another episode. And uh, we agree. We agree. <laughs> We agree. And obviously we love doing the show and uh, we love doing it. I'm really glad that you didn't listen to the first four episodes when they came out because that gap was what, two Two years? years. Yeah, it was a good two years, Liz. Uh, So we're definitely better than that now. And we beg your forgiveness because we're parents too. And so life gets in the way. And all of our guests are parents. And so a lot of times we have people we're talking to and we're trying to figure times that work for everyone's schedule. And with the shift from remote to full-time and the shift and now uh, to the end of the school year, things come up and and you got to reschedule. But we are plowing on. We will be doing episodes during the summer, so we're super excited to announce yeah. that. And if you haven't gone to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash funnyparents and checked out our journaling pages. Mm-hmm. We put them up every month, not as prompt as we should, but every month they go up there and it's just a quick, easy way for you to write down some memories from the month prior because you will forget. Yeah. And these are just little chances to capture little pieces of memories like last month for May. Um, we asked you to make a list of all the boo-boos and hurts yeah. from the month prior, uh, stubbing toes, all those things. We had a good one last month. Yeah, yeah. Our seven-year-old got bitten by spiders, a lot of spiders, mm-hmm. on his butt. <laughs> he was a spider butt. Yeah, I mean, and and the bites were kind of everywhere. And, and he didn't react well. They, it, like, swelled up. His butt poofed up. Boy, he's going to love, he's going to listen to this one day and, and he's really, just going to love us as talking As well about it, as he buckle fractured his left wrist. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot about the broken wrist. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you're talking about the spider bites and he broke his wrist falling off of the monkey bars. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. So those are the things. The spider bites <laughs> on the butt is what we clearly need to remember. Yeah. All right. Well, that's. it took us a while to figure out what was going on with that one. I guess with the wrist, too. Okay. 
so we hope that you are doing well. And if you are a parent of a three to five year old and you're wondering how can I energize reading time with my kids, because we all know it can get a little repetitive and monotonous. Uh, Pat and I are teaching our class this summer, Word Play, Improv mm -hmm. for Reading, and it is a three-week class for parents only. We come together, we play games, and yeah. you leave with lots of ideas of ways to get expressive reading, maybe a little phonetic awareness into reading time at yeah. night. Yeah, particularly for that three to five uh, group um, where uh, they may be getting into reading, uh, learn, learning the phonetics, and uh, and we want to make sure it's exciting, right? We want uh, to make kids. reading so, fun, right? Yes. So hopefully sign up. If you sign up by July 1st, you get a discount. More information about that at trueplayimprov.com or on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash funny parents. But today our episode features our good friend Kelly Moylan Lyons. Mm -hmm. And Kelly is someone that we improvised with here in New York in an improv group called the Mamas and the Papas. Yes. Which well, was delightful. We've had other Mamas and Papas yes. on the show from time to time. And uh, we've been trying to find a good time uh, to get to have Kelly on. And, uh, and it finally worked out. So we're really excited about that. And she shares this beautiful story about her puppy, her doggy, mm -hmm. which was her husband's doggy and sort of the process of... You go family. family dynamics when your pet leaves you. And so I do want to say, if you've recently suffered a pet loss, yes. this might be a little bit of a difficult episode to listen to. But enjoy Kelly Moyer Lines. Tell us about her beautiful puppy. A shaggy dog tale, literally. It's a t it's a story about hey. my shaggy dog. Um, awesome. And uh, and and the night the dog died. Oh, it was quite an experience. So, as I mentioned, this dog was it came as a package deal with my husband. So it was a good thing I like dogs because this man was not. <laughs> This man was not going to marry someone who didn't like dogs. You had to be all in because um, Sherwood was a lot. He was wonderful, but he was a lot. Um, and we lived in Brooklyn uh, at the time. And um, he he, and I, actually, when we first started dating, I would, I started walking the dog and I would be at his apartment in his neighborhood and um, what I didn't know, of course, as I was we were saying earlier, is like how conspicuous you are, not only with a dog, but this particular dog. So I went, I walked the dog and went to the coffee shop around the corner one morning and, uh, you know, tied him up outside and went in to get coffee for Rob and me. And there was this really sassy barista who worked there and he was, and he gave me, and he gave, us, gave me the two drinks and they were like, you know, he's like, so we all know Sherwood and like literally like everyone in the place was looking, but they're like, we all know Sherwood, but who are you? <laughs> and I was like, I'm dating Rob now. And they're like, welcome to the family. Like it was really funny. <laughs> 
Um, so we, we moved in together. It was, uh, I'll, I'll save, if I get invited back, I'll save the introducing the dog to my cat story for another time. <laughs> that, was, that was a oh good, that was another good shaggy dog tale. Um, but, uh, and you know, so we lived in this apartment in Park Slope. It was kind of a railroad apartment and Sherwood was, he was big, but he was a pretty mellow dog. He wasn't hyper at home, you know? And our first child was born and our second child was born and it was just not working to live in Brooklyn anymore. Um, and sadly, we are not the cabillionaires who could have bought a townhouse or uh, <laughs> apartment that would have given us the space we would have needed or felt comfortable with. Um, so we decided to leave the city and we moved to New Jersey. We live in uh, Glenridge, just right next to Montclair, which is a suburb that a lot of mm-hmm. New Yorkers have heard of. Otherwise, everything in New Jersey is just like overseas and not to be discussed, right? You know? <laughs> um, so, so it was nice. So Sherwood had a big yard, and the boys um, loved Sherwood. And my younger son, in particular, is a very animal focused person, and uh, he. One one day when he was really little and he was just learning to talk, we were sitting on the floor together and he was just gently stroking Sherwood's long, shaggy ears. And he looked at me and said, my love him, mommy. My love him. He's wonderful. And he was so Mm -hmm. mellow and sweet with them. And, uh, you know, he was, his back was up to like, you know, I mean, I'm five foot three, so I'm not really tall, but like, you know, a dog with a back up to your hip is like pretty tall, you know, like he was a big guy and these kids learned to, uh, learn to walk with a giant dog like that running around the house, checking the (laughs) walls occasionally, you know? Um, and so he, he was, you know, he was healthy and, but he was 12. Um, so he was getting up in years and, but he would, you know, when he was around other dogs, he would play like a puppy, you know, he had tons of energy and, you know, he was very healthy. And until, so this would have been like September, four years ago, he started, mm-hmm. it seemed like maybe his hips were bothering him, which I think is not unusual for older dogs to have hip problems, especially larger dogs. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so we had taken him to the vet and, um, they, I don't know, he gave him some injections or it's probably arthritis and some steroids or something. And then he sort of bounced back and seemed mm-hmm. to do much better. But the, well, at one point it had like the hip pain seemed like it was really bad. He was sort of like frozen in place. Like he didn't want to walk and he was like breathing heavily. And we're like, oh, wow, he must really oh, be in pain. But then he got better. You know, he got some treatment. He got better. The doctor was like, not too worried about it. Great. And then some, then a, a while later, toward the end of October of that year, literally the night before Halloween. So I don't know. What do you guys call What do you guys call the night before Halloween? Everybody's got a different name for it. Gate night, I was like, oh, night, mischief night. I'd call it October 30th. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you didn't have like where you were where, when you grew up. Like it wasn't the night that like people threw eggs at people's houses and like toilet paper at people's what, houses. Hell's Night in Michigan? Wow, maybe it's yeah, yeah. heard Yeah, I've heard of Hell's Night, but that was until I lived in I the thought, Midwest. Or was that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that was, yeah. And, and in Colorado, I don't remember anything like that. Wow. So maybe it's an yeah. Anyway, thing. that's interesting. So I, I, people who do have that tradition of it being like a mischief night, all have different names for it. So, but okay, but that mm-hmm. doesn't apply to you guys. Okay. So I'm glad no one. <laughs> 
I'm glad no one ever egged your house or put toilet paper in your trees when you were uh, the night before Halloween your whole life. But that's, that's what happened. Where it, it may have happened. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so it's the night before Halloween and Sherwood is doing this thing again where he seems to be sort of like immobilized and like breathing heavy. And we're like, oh, shoot, like, you know, the pain is back. And he didn't want to move around very much. And he just like picked a spot to lay down. And we were like, okay, we'll take him to the vet in the morning. And, um, you know, we put some water next to where he, where, where he was sort of laying in case he decided that, that he didn't want to move and he didn't want to have to walk over to where the water was, whatever, like, okay, fine. So we go to bed and then I happen to wake up around three o'clock in the morning and to use the bathroom. And I went to check on Sherwood and Sherwood had passed. Oh no. And I was not only devastated and so sad because I love this dog, but mm. confounded about what to do. It's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Our beloved dog, who, let's be honest, had a great run, didn't suffer. He was 12 years old. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's almost a blessing in a way that we didn't have to put him down, yeah. you know? But now I have to wake up my husband and tell him that his beloved dog oh. has died at oh, three o'clock in the morning. No. And we have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old who are very attached oh. to this dog who are asleep. And we now have a hundred pound dead dog in our house. Oh, oh my gosh. And I can't tell you, not without being you know too morbid. I mean, I guess this is morbid. It was too late. We're already there. But... Um, <laughs> That I have had often wondered during the course of Sherwood's life, like what would happen if this dog died at home? Like how the hell would we get him out of the house? Yeah. Like what would we do? Like neither of us could carry him. Like he was too big, you know, and gangly and hairy and all of that. And so, yeah. so now I have like, I mean, in some ways, maybe it's better that Rob didn't find him and, you know, himself. And I got to sort of like soften the blow and be like, honey, Sherwood's not breathing. And he was oh. like, and he was upset. And then the two of us were crying and we have like this really sad moment. And then we have to decide, like, what is the right thing to do with regard to the kids in this situation? Like, yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, is it, it yeah. is it is it important that they see him before we take him out mm -hmm. of the house, or is that traumatizing if they see him dead in the house? And can I? Mm -hmm. I, mean, I can't go back to sleep with a dead dog in the house. Like, I, I mean, we were just like, what? What do we do in this situation? Like, what? I was. We were like, do we? go in the morning do we give I, I was like I can't I can't like I can't we neither of us could go like wait until the morning to take the and we were like well maybe we could bring him into the basement so the kids don't have to see him oh my goodness but then we tell yeah. them yeah. he died but then we take him and I was like I can't have a dead dog in the basement even for five minutes like I just it's just too weird <laughs> like I can't you know <laughs> so now we're, 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 we're heartbroken and crying and also like sort of laughing. Like this is the craziest thing that's ever happened to us. Like we have no idea, like, and, and really no idea, like what the right way 
to help the kids process it is going to be. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there are some people, you know, when humans die, right, that they like Irish people have open casket wakes. You know what I mean? And like it's sort yep. of there's something to be said for like actually. I don't know, some kind of closure that people get from actually seeing the person dead, you know, like then like it's not, you know, I come from an Irish Catholic family, so I've been to way too many of those (laughs) and I don't find it at all, but it's, you know, it's a thing. So, and I don't know how do five-year-olds and seven-year-olds process that? Like, are they going to, if we take him out of the house, are they going to be upset that he's gone and they didn't get a chance to see him, you know? Right. But I was like, right. we, yeah. I, I can't, I can't have a dead dog here. Like they're not even going to wake up for at least another three hours. Like we can't have a dead dog in the house for three hours. Like I just, I can't. So yeah. now I'm going to remind yeah. you that it's Halloween. Oh no. Okay. Oh, Halloween is three o'clock in the morning on Halloween. And we figure out that if we wrap the dog in a sheet, that we can mm-hmm. each take an end of the sheet and carry him to the back of our minivan that we bought when we moved to New Jersey and we had a giant <laughs> dog and two kids and you can take a dog. If your dog passes at home, you can take the dog to like an emergency 24 hour animal hospital and they will accept your dog. So now my husband and I are carrying a, a dead body, the size of a human wrapped in a sheet down our front steps <laughs> Our coffee on the lawn at three o'clock in the morning on Halloween night, and I'm like swinging it into the back of the van <laughs> so that he oh. can take it to the 24 hour place and we oh can handle the remains of our dear beloved Sherwood before the children wake up and before I lose my mind mm. about having a dead animal in the house. Oh my God. So I think that moment. Of like laughing and crying, the two of us laughing and crying, carrying, and like totally, totally ready to hear sirens, like totally ready yeah. for like the police to pull up or someone to observe this and be like, I just saw two people put a dead body in a van. You know what I mean? And we're like, we're literally like waiting. And I was like, and, and also because we had kids, he had to go alone. So now he had to right. drive there because like, we can't leave the kids you know, by themselves. We couldn't both go, but like this poor man had to take yeah. his dog. Anyway. So then of course, neither of us could get back to sleep. And um, we were waiting for the kids to get up and we're like, so worried about how they're going to react. And yeah, but ready, like, right. Okay. Like this is one of, this is, these are things that happen in life. You know, like this is, we got to show up and, be good parents and like help them with whatever feelings come our way. You know what I mean? And, and we're both feeling emotional and like, it's okay to let them show that, you know, So we sit them down on the couch and we're like, you guys, we have sad news to tell you that I sure what died last night. And they were like, Oh, okay. And then I get emotional. I start to cry. And my older son is like, Oh, here she goes. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's like, he's like, oh, give me a break with the crying mom. Right? So I'm like, well, I'm sad. We're like, you know, how do you feel about it? And they're like, well, that's really sad, you know. And then we explained that we had taken, you know, he had died in his sleep and that that was good because he didn't suffer and all that. And they're kind of looking at us and looking at us and they're not really saying anything. They're not having a reaction. And they're like, 
are we still going to go trick or treating today? (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) They're like, it's Halloween. Like there's nothing is going to replace. Nothing is going to like dislodge. It's Halloween and we're going to trick or treating. Even the death of the family dog that we've had since before they were born is not going to dislodge. Like today is Halloween. You know, today is Halloween and we don't care. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so then we had to like be fat. Poor Rob and I had to be like festive all day. And like, don't you, I mean, do you guys have that where there's so many times when like you need to like show up and have a positive attitude for your kid when you're just not feeling it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, everyone's like, happy Halloween, happy Halloween. It's such a fun day. And I'm like, my dog died last night and I'm crying. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was unbelievable. Oh my it was just the fact that it coincided with Halloween and the two of us carrying that dead body was just like one of our crazy experiences as a couple and what was also incredible is was realizing how many how many other people loved sugar you know like we really were met with so much so much support from like friends from throughout his life like from different parts of our lives who were like heartbroken so then we had to like comfort all these other people, and meanwhile the kids were like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not too bad. How much candy did I get?" <laughs> oh, but they did. But they oh. did. The kids over time they would have questions. Like it's they sort of the questions kind of came out slowly, right? And uh, yeah, they would you know they would say that they you know they would say missed him and. They still say that they miss him, but for the first couple of years, you know, like off and on, we'd be like, we, oh, we miss Sherwood, we miss Sherwood. But they were ready to get another dog much sooner than I was. Like I needed to like mm. Sherwood a bit longer. And and they've st- then they started whenever we would sort of go through who's in our family because we also have a cat. It would be like mommy, daddy, Rob, uh, uh, Jay, Owen, and Magnolia the cat, and Ghost Sherwood. <sighs> so like they understood because oh yeah, we sort of talked to them about like how like you know after creatures or pe- people die like their spirit lives on you know like that's something that we believe and that we that we told them or like he'll sort of always be with us in a way in our hearts so that was the that was how they conceptualized it was that ghost Sherwood was still part of our family even though he had died yeah. and I was like okay yes. great. so we had ghost Sherwood um, and then about a year after he died um the both the boys started talking about they had everyone everyone in the family was ready for a new dog sooner than I was but then in mm. the interim they started to talk about how great it would be to have a little sister and I was like whoa women 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 it's a lot easier for three y'all boys to be like wouldn't it be nice to have a little sister than it is for me and I'm definitely <laughs> too old for that. And I am really feeling like, you know, I've, I've already got enough on my hands. <laughs> so like when we started talking about the little sister, I was like, hey, you guys want to get a new dog? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, guess what? I'm ready for a new dog. 
And so we have that. So we now have Katie, who is a much smaller, mm-hmm. she's a medium sized dog with a short coat, unlike Sherwood was. And um, oh. and they literally they gave her a human name because she's like their little sister. So we picked out a girl dog and they named her Katie and they were very specific that it would be spelled K-A-T-Y, which is the way Katie Perry spells her name, but they don't know who Katie Perry is. So everybody who I tell, (laughs) everyone I tell this to is like, oh, like Katie Perry. And I'm like, no, they just, no, it's unrelated, but no no one believes me. Um, (laughs) And uh, so they got their little sister and I didn't have to have a baby. This story is the perfect example of sort of the kids' resilience. We've talked a lot about Mm -hmm. this last year. Kids' resilience, they get on with things, they get over things, right? It was Halloween. They had a job to do. They had their kid job to do. They had to go trick-or-treating. Exactly. And they carried on. It's vital. It is. It's funny because our kids love trick-or-treating. Yes. And one of our kids does not like candy at all. Literally. I don't know. I don't know what we did to break him, but he is the kid who won't eat cake, doesn't eat anything. He'll have a lollipop from time to time. That's about as far as he goes. Yeah. But Halloween is still about. Trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treating. Is vital to him. Yes, and, uh, and we have a great block in our neighborhood where the whole block is in it, mm-hmm. and it's just wall to wall kids. It's great. Yeah, and so I hope it makes you inspired to know that trick or treating is worth it. Yes, even though it brings all that candy into your house because they love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we will be back in two weeks with another episode. Yes, Liz, we'll be back. Yes, we promise. Two weeks. Uh, Yes, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. Talk soon.